You may know the tools, you may have the support, and maybe you've done therapy and your year has just sucked. It's just sucked so bad. It's continuing to suck and it feels like there's absolutely no end in sight. And the answer, the short answer, the solution is that you just have to persevere. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 275. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you are here. I am solo today, and I'm excited about this episode. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and it was spawned from a one-on-one session I had with a client many, many months ago, and I started thinking about it, and I'm like, my gosh, what we talked about and what this woman is going through, I feel like probably many of my listeners are either going through it right now or have been through it sometime in their life before. For and or may face it in their life if they haven't yet already. But before I do that, real quick, I want to mention that I have a couple of spots for private coaching right now. That might be an ongoing relationship that you and I have or a VIP day, which is when we hit it hard in one day and there's a couple of follow-up sessions after that. If you're interested in either of those, of course, the links are in the show notes, yourkickasslife.com slash coaching for my longer package or yourkickasslife.com slash VIP to read about it, fill out an application if you think that it's for you, and we will figure out what is going to be your best option. All right. This one is called Sometimes You Have to Just Ride It Out. You might be going through a really tough season in your life. You may be in that near desperate or full on desperate place of wanting your situation to change. Maybe you're going through a really hard breakup or you hate your job or someone at work is a complete and total nightmare or your partner's ex is making life hell for you. It really could be anywhere on the spectrum. And what I am talking about more specifically is a little bit tougher on the spectrum. I mean, every situation is tough, right? But I'm talking about the really, really difficult places when you're feeling just desperate to change, where it feels like, You cannot see an out to this situation. It feels like it's been going on for so long. I know this place so very well. And what's interesting is I saw something over the weekend. I was scrolling through, I think it was Instagram. And do any of you see those ads for Audible? So I use Audible. And sometimes they send me ads where they're like, here are the new releases of books. And this one particular book happened to come up. And oh my gosh, I don't even remember the exact name of it. And I think it was just titled Post-Infidelity Stress Disorder. Have you 
heard of this. I want to make sure that I'm saying it right because, yeah, post-infidelity stress disorder, not to be confused with post-traumatic stress disorder, but the reason that there are some mental health professionals who are calling it this, and this is like a total side tangent, y'all. The reason they're calling it that is because it can have so many of the same symptoms as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's not part of the DSM. They're not trying to make it its own thing, but it's something that they're calling it, which I, I stopped when I saw it and I was like, what is this? And so I started reading about it. I didn't read the book, by the way. I haven't. I'm sure it's awesome, but I just Googled it and read a couple of articles about it just to summarize. And I was like, holy shit, I had that. Like for sure had that. So for those of you that don't know, you might be a little bit newer to the podcast. In 2006, I found out that my husband, we had been married for a couple of years, but we had been together for 13 years just as we were in talks of trying to start a family and conceive our first child, he had an affair with our neighbor who lived across the street and got her pregnant. And it was really one of those things where, I mean, the relationship wasn't great to begin with, but but to be honest with you, at the time, we were sort of on the upswing, I thought. <laughs> we had been married for a couple of years. We had started to settle down a little bit. We we got together when we were teenagers, so there was a lot of partying and just it was tumultuous for many, many years. And then when we got married, things, I felt like, took a turn for the better, and he apparently went in a different direction. And I was blindsided. But at the same time, I don't know, there was a part of me that kind of wasn't surprised because I had always suspected that he was not the most faithful partner. But this was the first time that I had found out for sure. And it was even double whammy because she was pregnant and they were starting a family together. And it was sort of one of those things, you know, I was 31 at the time. My friends were, my, my close friends were all getting married and or having babies. Two of my friends, no, three of my friends were pregnant at the time. And it was horrible. It was so terrible. And to boot, his family, he had a very large family and they were my family. They were my everything. I got together with him my senior year of high school. And right when I graduated from high school, my parents announced their divorce and his family embraced me with open arms. They were my everything. And they were a very close family. So it was essentially, I got the door slammed in my face and uh, this woman replaced me. And it was traumatic. And I always kind of like threw that word around. And my general practitioner and my therapist both said, Andrea, you have PTSD. And I poo-pooed that. I was like, nope, there's, there's no way. I am going through a divorce. Like, yes, it's heartbreaking, but that is reserved for people who have been through just egregious, violent situations. And mine, I felt like my story just wasn't bad enough. But looking at the symptoms and remembering how I was during then, definitely. It absolutely positively was. And I remember laying in bed in my apartment. I was living in Encinitas at the time. It was this tiny studio apartment that someone had converted their garage into. So I was living in someone's garage. And it was pretty nice though. Like I have to say, Encinitas is not a bad place to live if you're living in someone's converted garage, for those of you that know San Diego. And I remember laying in bed with my cat and thinking, 
can someone die of a broken heart? Like, has that ever happened? Because I felt like I was dying and it was heartbreak. It was absolute heartbreak. And I remember thinking, how in the world am I going to make it through this? I just, I had never been in in anything that difficult and felt so alone and so ashamed of how I had ended up there and so humiliated because of what had happened and just feeling like everybody was happy except for me. And the drama that was also involved in it. Yes, I'm going to work on a memoir. And y'all, like every time I tell the story, people are like, that is a lifetime movie. Like, or I was telling the story to one my friend Lisa and she, because the story, it did it got worse before it got better because then I ended up dating someone who conned me out of lots of money and lied about having cancer to cover up his drug addiction. And she was like, have you listened to the podcast Dirty John, which they've now turned into a movie, by the way? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she's like, that's what the story, your story sounds like. And anyway, that one that she was referring to ended in murder, but luckily my story did not. But no, really, like I, there were times where I wanted to die. I felt like this is, this is, there's just no way out. There's no, I didn't see any hope or that I could turn things around and that my life would be where I wanted it to be. So I know a lot of you know how I ended up turning things around and sort of taking responsibility for my life, et cetera, et cetera. But all that to say, my sti- my side tangent was about just saying, I know that place. I know that place of feeling like just hands in the air, like what the fuck is going on with my life and just being feeling so desperate to get out of it. And I feel like, you know, when I was talking, thinking back on this client that I had, she had gone through a horrible breakup with someone who was abusive and who was continuing to torment her. She was at a place where she really wanted to settle down and have children. It was her dream. And it just, it was feeling like it was just never going to be on the horizon for her. And one of her parents was very ill. And it just felt like hit after hit after hit. And I remember telling her in our session is that, you know, cause she kept wanting like, what is, what is the tool or the thing that I can do to get myself out of here? The way I describe that sometimes is like when a cat is in a bathtub and they don't want to take a bath and they're just like, trying to get out in that look on their face of like, this is terrible. I want to get out. I feel like many times there is no one answer or solution that will change how you feel or the situation you are in. You may know the tools, you may have the support, and maybe you've done therapy and your year has just sucked. It's just sucked so bad. It's continuing to suck. And it feels like there's absolutely no end in sight. And the answer, the short answer, the solution is that you just have to persevere. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And what I see can be harmful for people is they feel like there's one thing that they're not doing, that there's something that if they could just find it and do it, 
that they'll be better and that'll flip the switch and they can change their life or change the way they feel, change their circumstances. And sometimes life is just hard. Sometimes it just sucks. Sometimes for whatever reason, we get into these situations and these circumstances that feel terrible and we feel like the world is against us. Oh God, I know that place. And sometimes you just need to surrender to it. Ugh, I know. I know. I wish that I had like the one thing. Just do this one thing. And I mean, I'd be lying if I told you like there there weren't some things that I think can help. I'll just tick off a few off the top of my head. And the one thing is having compassion for yourself, having compassion for the place that you're in. And I know that sometimes we can feel all alone and that no one has ever struggled with what we're struggling with. But knowing that there's common humanity and that so many people have been where you are can be helpful. Also, having the support that you need at the time. Because when you're in those places, it truly is just one day at a time. And sometimes I remember feeling, somebody must have told me that when I was in that place. It's just like one day at a time. And I used to take a Sharpie and put X's through each day that had gone by at the end of the day, just so I could have a visual of time passing because it felt like too much. It felt like like time was standing still. And that was helpful for me. And sometimes one day at a time can feel way too difficult. So I would do like one hour at a time. I would just make it through the work day. Just like, okay, if I can get to lunch today, I know I'm going to be okay. If I can get to five o'clock when I'm off work, I can be okay. And I'm going to go to the gym today. And if I can make it through that, I would be okay. For me, the evenings and the nights were the hardest because when I was at work, I was around people. And when I would go to the gym, I was around people. But when I would go home and I would be in my little apartment with my cat, and that's when I would feel like things started to fall apart. And so what I also did was filled my social calendar as much as I could. And told people, like, invite me places, please. Because <laughs> I I just need to not be all by myself. Because that's when my mind would spin. I would, I would obsessively replay conversations that had happened and dramas that had happened and arguments and fights and phone calls and just... And then maybe this is why I remember in detail so many things that happened during that time and why the memoirs can be the way it is because I'm like, oh, I remember. I remember words that were exchanged. I remember my own, just not really proud of the way I had behaved. But anyway, you'll hear about that later. And just, I needed to be around people. And I, I do encourage that as much as you can. But yeah, I had to just take it one hour at a time, one day at a time. And some people feel like they're accomplishing something by just collecting all of the self-help books and reading them and listening to all the podcasts. And then they end up feeling worse because they don't feel any different. And I'm here to tell you that if you're in that place, if you are at your bottom and in that like desperate place... Now is really not the time for you to be 
learning and consuming. And I mean, it is like, just do what you can do to get through the next hour and the next day. Lean on people who inspire and motivate you. That was the my biggest help is there were a couple of mentors that I had at the time. One of them was a woman who was a counselor because I was I was finishing up my degree at Cal State University, San Marcos, and they had free counseling there at the time. And there was a woman who was so incredibly helpful to me. And I just would take, I would just jot down things that she said. And they were honestly just like little tiny bits of inspiration and motivation and like almost like crumbs. And and I don't say that in a bad way, but it was, that was all I could handle at the time. My brain was just so full of drama and trauma and, and hurt and pain that it was just like these little tiny bits and pieces. And so I'm not saying don't read all of the books. I'm not saying don't listen to the podcasts. I'm saying that Watch where you are feeling like, okay, well, I'm doing all these things. I'm listening to all these books on Audible and uh, you know all these things, but yet my life isn't completely turning around and changing. I've, I've, you know, taken these programs and I know all these tools. And babe, it is just a time for perseverance. It is just a time for you to take it one little step at a time. Just do your best to put your head down at the end of the day and say, all right, I made it through this day. And tomorrow is going to be a little bit better. I had another mentor who was actually my dear friend's mom, and she's actually coming up on a podcast episode. The friend is, we're going to talk about our friendship. Her name's Anna Maria. And her mom was such a source of strength for me. And she would email me and just send me these like motivating emails. And she was such a great source of female empowerment for me when I so desperately needed it. And it was just, and I printed out those emails. I still have them. And just these little tiny bits of inspiration that I could get. But again, watch where you're feeling worse because you are consuming so much information and your life isn't magically changing. Do whatever you can do to trust that it will pass. Trust yourself enough, even if it's just a little bit, that you can make it through this. What part of yourself do you need to call on? What strength and endurance do you need to muster right now? Again, what support system do you need to lean on? One of the things that I didn't know this until much later, but I find so comforting is that our brains are made for change and resilience. They are literally like malleable and they have plasticity so that we can change our thought patterns, so that we can heal from trauma and so that we can feel better. Truly, truly. I remember learning about that and I was like, oh, so you mean I don't actually have to settle for the voice in my head that tells me I'm not good enough and that I'm never going to be good at relationships and that I'm damaged goods and all of these beliefs, these core beliefs that I had. And hey, I'm not saying that those those don't rear their ugly head every once in a while. They do. And now I see them so quickly 
and I have the tools to be resilient to them. So it's not about getting out on the other side and never having another negative thought again, never having your old core beliefs come up and say, hey, remember me? No, it's not about that. It's about being able to recognize them so quickly. So you say, hey, I see you at the door. You can come in for a minute or two, and then I'm going to have you, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And that's what it looks like in my life. And that's what resilience looks like. And I'll tell you what, going through the shit storm that I have gone through, oh my God, while I don't wish it on anyone, I am so incredibly grateful that it's happened. I thanked my ex-husband in the acknowledgments of my first book. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something to the extent of you were the catalyst. You were the person who he was. And I felt like he lit the fuse that shot me out of a cannon and I was able to change my life. So... That is that. And I truly hope that you can gain some inspiration from this. If you are in that place, if you're not, and you know someone who's in that place and who you were just like, oh, I wish that she would just, you know, do something to get herself out of it, send this to her. And I truly, truly believe that we all have the capacity to turn our life around. We just need to take it one hour at a time, one day at a time, get the support that we can lean on and trust ourselves that it will pass. Trust yourself enough that you are resilient and this will eventually turn out to be such a life lesson for you and will make you better and stronger on the other side. All right, as kickers, thank you for staying with me on this episode. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.